The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to jamieappsmedia.com. Welcome to the Commentary Booth, the ultimate weekly entertainment recap and review show. My name is Jamie Apps, and each week I'll be joined by a rotating cast of co-hosts to run you through the entertainment media we've consumed during the week. Along the way, we'll provide you with insightful commentary and reviews. This week, I'm joined by a DJ and music marketing executive at Tag Live who lists his favorite movie as Donnie Darko and favorite TV show as Seinfeld. Welcome to the show, Jackson Carr. Hey, mate. Good to be back. How's it going? Pretty good. How's uh, things now that we can actually go out and do some stuff? Yeah, it's, it's not bad. I've been catching up with some people. Um, it's good to see the Sharks have a win last night as well. And um, you know, just enjoying this rainy Sydney day, considering we're allowed to see people and it's raining. So it's all right. How about yourself? Yeah, it's been good. Um, haven't really got out and done much, but it's nice that it's an option and it's good that the sport's back. Oh, yeah. As much as I was enjoying watching German soccer at 2am, better watch rugby league at 7.30 at night. I mean, even though it is a bit weird with no crowd. Yeah. How about those cardboard cutouts? I love the people that have, like, fully embraced it and just gone with the, the craziest photo and pose that they could think of. Oh, absolutely. I, I know a friend that got his baby who's like less than a year old and she was on there and someone else I know's dog's been on it. So there has been some good with the bad, but yeah. I saw you headed to the, uh, the protest yesterday. How was that? Yeah, we went, we went yesterday. It was really nice. I, it only got like, as if you were paying attention to it on Friday, it was deemed as illegal. And then Saturday morning, about 15 minutes before it all was due to kick off, it was made legal. So it was really nice. It was a very peaceful protest. And we walked from, town hall down to central and everyone was really lovely and the cops just let us do our thing. None of the cops were wearing face masks, which I thought was quite funny considering everyone else had to. Um, Wasn't that the whole reason that they didn't want the protest to happen? Yep, <laughs> because of all the COVID stuff. And then you just have all these cops, just literally none with masks on. It was um, a bit hypocritical, but that's the cops for you. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit weird. Like that was the whole point of their injunction but i guess at least it all went down without any issues apart from the little bit that i saw at central station late last night yeah that was at the end because they were blocking people from going into central i think because of covid restrictions or whatever but then just apparently a woman on crutches got um maced or something but horrible but at least there's only a few things i guess compared to what's going on in america yeah thankfully we're not heading down that road that's a bit crazy at the moment what have you been watching i was gonna say as a seinfeld fan um did you check out jerry's new special on netflix recently i haven't had a chance to watch it just yet because i've had a few things keeping me busy but i've heard good things yeah it's pretty good like i really enjoyed it laughed the whole time oh how long does it go for about an hour i think that's just him doing stand-up yeah it's Unlike the previous one where there was sort of the stories weaved into it, it's just a pure stand-up special. Ah, 
Yeah, because as much as I love Seinfeld and Jerry, I tried to watch the previous one, and with the stories and stuff, I just couldn't get into it. So if he was just doing a stand-up thing, it sounds very much more easy to watch, I guess. Yeah, I, I felt the same with the, the previous one. It kind of, those story moments take you out of the humour, like you, you get stuck thinking about what's happening in the story rather than just enjoying the, the comedy. Yeah, of course. This one lets him sort of give his interesting take on life as a 65-year-old man now. Oh, yeah. Damn, he's getting old. Yeah. Touch wood, it's not going to be for a long time, but it'll be a sad day when he's gone. Oh, absolutely. Even thinking Larry David, because he's a bit older. But as we saw recently, um, Jerry Stiller died, and he was in Seinfeld as a father, and that means both the dads now from Seinfeld have both passed away. So, yeah, it's a bit sad. Yeah, I loved... I loved in this one how he really tackles sort of things that everybody is thinking, like talks about technology and how everybody's super dependent on their phones. And I think my favorite quote was, nobody wants to be anywhere and nobody likes anything. <laughs> Very true. Like he was even just like shitting on his own show, basically saying that it's a, it's a pointless excuse just for people to get out of the house. Like, why are you all here? <laughs> Damn, I definitely think we're going to have to watch that. It seems like it's very funny. I watched it like a couple of years ago. I remember Adam Sandler did a stand-up, and I found that hilarious. And he was like singing and stuff in it. And I haven't really watched a lot of stand-up stuff over the years, but that really kick-started me to start watching some more of the specials from obviously great actors and comedians. Yeah, I think that's the funnest part about Netflix. They just have so many of these specials that are an easy 40 minutes to an hour to consume. And it wouldn't take much for them to do because I imagine it's part of these comedians like tours they do and they just Netflix just get a crew in there, film it and then just upload it and just get all viewers and stuff. Yeah, I assume they just pay a fee, like a rights fee for the thing and then they'll just have a film crew film two or three sets and cut them together as one special with the best parts. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because um, I was trying to – I watched – I tried to watch this show – on Netflix, um, Schwartz and someone, and it's a bunch of like improv things they do, but middle middle ditch. Yes, watch the middle ditch. I watched it for about 15 minutes, but I turned it off. I really wasn't enjoying it. But at the start of that, they're like, oh, yeah, we're filming today, so make sure you laugh extra hard and clap extra hard so it makes us look good. So unless they like let the crowds know what's happening as well. Yeah, I assume they do. But, yeah, this one's – it's a pretty safe special, but I really enjoyed it. And I think anyone that is a, a big Seinfeld fan definitely will because it's very much his style and follows on from sort of the show about nothing. Okay. Looks like I know what I'm doing today. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a good one for the, the cold, gross day that we're having. Yeah. I um, Speaking of easy watching things, I was watching um, Flipped On. Netflix have this new psychedelic show. Um hosted by one of my favourite actors from a sitcom, Nick Offerman, from uh, Parks and Rec. And that was just, it was an easy watch, but it was very interesting. You had a bunch of celebrities talking about their, I guess, like trips that they've had. So it's called Have a Good Trip, Adventures in Psychedelics. So it's basically a bunch of celebrities talking about their experiences and stuff. And then you have a couple of other actors that do, like, reenact them. So um them from, like, Ben Stiller, Sarah Silverman, it was quite sad because um, Anthony Bourdain and Carrie Fisher in it, but obviously they've passed away since then. 
but it was just it was just funny like the graphics they did and how they approached it it's just really easy watching and um it was just all about them talking about how psychedelics have the experiences they've had and what they've enjoyed it and stuff and then still it's like i've only done it once and then other people have like oh, i've done it 40 to 50 times so yeah yeah i started watching that the um this afternoon and i found the opening montage where asap rocky compares himself to einstein and steve jobs to be pretty funny <laughs> i was quite surprised by asap rocky but then i remember he released like an album and one of the a couple of the songs were very psychedelic inspired so i'm guessing that he was doing that while he's writing this album because you can very much see the crossover in his music and i really started to appreciate it more after we watched the documentary yeah it seems that a lot of creative people really do experiment this stuff and it seems to affect how they create things yeah absolutely absolutely which i guess is a good thing as long as they're doing it within a controlled environment and behaving in a, in a way to so to speak yeah, I only, I only just got up to the, the don't drive while on psychedelics part, which <laughs> yeah seems to make sense. And a bunch of them like, don't look in the mirror. And then others, and then someone else, I can't remember who was, was saying, I looked in the mirror and really enjoyed it. So I guess each their own when it comes to trips. I, um, I enjoyed the, the segment where they're reenacting Anthony Bourdain's first experience. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was always Anthony Bourdain was actually the first celebrity I ever cried over when a celebrity died. So seeing him was a bit emotional in a way, but it was nice to see him talking and enjoying himself once again. So that was still nice in a way as well. So yeah, following on from that sort of march that you went on yesterday, I watched a movie this weekend that hits pretty hard at the current global climate. It's called Burden and it's the true story of a KKK member who's persuaded to leave the group by his new girlfriend. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's, it's a pretty heavy movie, given the obvious racism and the whole Black Lives Matter movement that's happening right now. Yeah. Who's in that one? Sort of the main person I recognised was Forrest Whitaker. Yep. And... Uh, Usher makes a sneaky <laughs> cameo appearance as one of the side characters. Okay. So yeah, it sort of follows this uh, man who, he was adopted by like a high-ranking member of the clan as a child. So then he's obviously just been indoctrinated in the racism from a super young age. But when he meets this new lady, she has a young son who his best friend is a little black boy. And then like just witnessing those interactions and her philosophy sort of push him to realize that what he's grown up with is obviously the wrong thing. Yeah, of course. And then when he does like make that decision to leave the clan, that's when his life gets turned upside down because they realize how much power the, the group has over the rest of the town that makes sense like he can't get a job anywhere because obviously all the people that work there are clan members and then she loses her job and the only person that they have to sort of turn to is the black reverend which is forrest whitaker yep ah. it really gives that idea of the only way to get past oppression and hate is kindness from 
anybody no matter what their their skin color is yeah that actually reminds me i went last year to the sydney film festival and i saw a movie called skin with jamie bell and it was it was based on a true story about a guy that was in a like a neo-nazi group and he basically met someone and he had to get out of it and he has all had like all these face tattoos like intense face tattoos and stuff and it was just about his path to like get out of the white supremacist group and it was based on a true story and you could after the movie finished you saw what the guy looked like now like the real guy that was based on and stuff and that movie was really touching and i completely forgot about it until you started talking about burden and now just come streaming right back to me yeah i imagine like a lot of people that get those tattoos have a lot of regrets later in life yeah especially if you've got face tattoos yeah like this guy is just yeah, it's all over his face. Like, he has, like, this arrow across his eye and stuff. It's, yeah, it was a wild movie. But those movies are something you just have to watch. You've seen a few moments afterwards just to debrief and stuff, and it's they can be quite emotional and tolling on you, but very good stories to, I guess, learn about people's struggles and stuff. Yeah, like, it was. it's obviously absolutely an important movie to watch, but it was a little bit underwhelming in terms of, the performances and just the overall plot. Okay. Obviously should be a deeper film, but it seemed pretty thin while watching it. So I was a bit, a bit disappointed there, but I think it's definitely still something that people should watch to realize that, that this true story happened in the nineties. Like it's not that long ago. Yeah. What was it on? How did you watch it? Was it, did you just rent it or was it on a streaming service? It's available to rent now, but it is coming to the Foxtel on demand later. Okay. In about a month, I think. And okay. then streaming services afterwards. Okay, cool. I'll have to um, jot that down and check it out once it's come out to streaming services. Anything else that you managed to check out? Man. Oh, I've got to talk about it. i got to talk about this show that I've, that I've watched. I've, I've been told to watch it for about four months. Six months, sorry, it's been corrected from the background. Thank you, Ali. Um, it's called Dark. It's on Netflix. It's a German sci-fi thriller. It's incredible. Like, basically, two kids go missing in a small German town, and it's just about it's all these different lives and how – I don't want to give too much away, but what they do to try to, like, find these kids that go missing. And you've got, you have to watch it in German and have the subtitles on because you can't miss anything. It's a show that you just have to be, like, obsessed with. And I watch it with my parents, and my mum just loves it. Season three comes out soon. It's and the the music composer is an Aussie guy as well, and he absolutely nails it. It helps set the scenes and stuff. It's the acting's incredible. Everything's just out of this world. I I could not recommend the show more highly. It's one of the best shows I've watched in a while. I think I started watching that a while ago, and I think I started watching it in English and just couldn't get into it. Yeah, that's the thing. I was told you just it's a, a bit like. I was talking about Parasite. It's something you just got to keep in German because the acting is so much better with it. You pay more attention, and literally once you get into it, we been like we binged four episodes in the first night. And this is I did, did with my mother, and this is my mother who likes to go to bed at eight thirty or nine o'clock every night. She was like, "No, nah, we have to keep watching." So we did like four in the first night, and then just smashed it for a couple of days. And then one time I was with her driving to Sydney, and she spoke about it for pretty much the whole car ride about all the theories and stuff with it and how good it is it's just it's a show that hooks you in and season three comes out in like two and a half weeks or something and it's the final season so something yeah it's incredible uh okay that'll be a good one for me to sort of catch up on once that final season is out i can binge the whole lot in one go 
Yeah. It's the type of show that we didn't, like, I went to Sydney, so we didn't watch it for a few days. And then when I came back, I went to just basically try to remember everything was happening because there's so many different storylines and people in it. You kind of forget. Yeah. And also, you've got to try to remember who's who without giving too much away. So, yeah, it's just a, it's a show that just makes you think and you just pay attention and you just get booked right in. Yeah, from the sounds of it, if it got your mum to stay up late, it's obviously <laughs> worth yeah. investing the time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, besides that, that's pretty yeah. much all I've been checked out. How about yourself? I watched the new Scooby-Doo movie called Scoob. Okay. Just wanted to watch something a bit lighthearted after going through Burden. Was it a bit nostalgic in a way or was it more current in a way? Very much. Yeah. It's yeah, that's the twenty twenty version, but it's it's it brings all the Hanna Barbera characters into it because it's apparently the beginning of a Hanna Barbera cinematic universe. Okay. So it's got yeah, it's got obviously all the, the Scooby Doo characters, uh Blue Falcon, Dick Dastardly, Muttley, Captain Caveman. Oh, cool. They all randomly show up throughout the movie. Yeah, nice. And what was that one on? It is on on demand at the moment. Okay. Due to all the COVID stuff, it was originally going to be a cinematic release, and then oh, they that's disappointing. They just went, okay, we can't put it out on in the cinemas. Let's just put it out, and it was it was the top rented movie in the US for its first four weekends. So I think that shows how good it is. Wow, it's good that despite everything going on, it's, it could hold that for four weeks and stuff and people still want to watch blockbuster movies and things that take you back to, I guess, nostalgic days and I guess parents might want to watch it with their kids or like maybe a bit older kids and be like, hey, this is what I like when I was younger. And Yeah, it definitely should introduce a new generation to to Scooby-Doo, especially with the, the sort of cast that it has. Who was in it? It's got Zac Efron, Mark Wahlberg, oh, wow. Ken Jeong, Tracy Morgan, Simon Cowell. Wow, okay. It's like it's a pretty stacked cast when you think of an animated film. Yeah. Jeez. And who was um who's Scooby? Wasn't any of those. It was one of oh, okay. a specific voice actor. Zach Efron was the uh the blue falcon. Oh cool. I can't remember who Warburg was. I think he might have been dastardly, maybe. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, they, they're all just sort of in there peppered in as only Simon Cowell's like a, a main character and the rest of sort of the side characters just to not distract from the show or movie. Yeah, of course. Um, speaking of nostalgic, notice on Stan, Ali G, remember show from like the 2000s? They've, they've done it reloaded, so it's, Ali G's like reintroducing like his show and stuff and just seeing the interviews and stuff he does with people like Donald Trump was on there and taking pictures of them, like the Posh and David Beckham was on it. Just really, I always loved Sasha Brown Cole and everything he did when I was younger. Like, AJ in the House was one of my favourite movies. Borat, I still watch today and I find it hilarious and I quote it. So, just really, I think I'm about to get back into a Sasha Brown Cohen vortex starting with Ali G. And then I want to watch his you know, America show recently as well. And I just think he's one of the funniest blokes going around. So, is it just like the original show, just with new intros or? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's just the original show, but it, just him talking about it's still him in his allergy character, and it's just him being an idiot. But it's just new intros. I just, I guess, it was just a way for him to pump the show back out there, make some more money, or get some new eyes onto what he's doing. But it still stands up today, and it's still 
very funny and it's also i didn't know when i started watching again if it'd be problematic because you know sometimes things don't age well but especially his style of comedy yeah but ali g is just it hasn't it's not problematic at all it's just, it was just perfect maybe he's german he's austrian character might be a little bit but his main ali g one and borat they're fine and i guess with like if there's interviews with trump they're gonna be pretty iconic right now yeah he was when he was interviewing trump he was trying to pitch him a business idea he's going oh so you know when you eat ice cream and it drips what do you not want it to do and he's like Trump's like, well, just make dripless ice cream. And then he's like, no, I've got gloves to eat the ice cream with. And Donald Trump's like, oh, okay, thanks for the interview. But you could see that he had him for a little bit. And then apparently there's like a quote out there where Donald Trump said that he wasn't tricked by LEG, but you definitely can see that he was. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine that Trump is the hardest man in the world to, to trick. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Let's go eat some sanitizer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How did he think that was a good idea? Like, of course, people are going to take that seriously. Oh, just everything he does, he's just, just a moron. But he just so many Americans are morons, so they just feed into his whole everything he says and does. That's how he got elected. So, good luck to them. Hopefully, the last is it few weeks to a month have opened a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. Definitely. Like especially his uh his stunt the other day to go across to the, the church. Oh mate, what's he doing? There was an interview that came out yesterday and I was just trying to watch it. I just had to stop watching. Yeah, just because he was just a bit much, but yeah, it's America's problem. Not ours, I guess. We've got our own scomo problems. <laughs> that is true. Thankfully ours ours don't seem to be as divisive yet. Nah, not yet. Fingers crossed we're a bit smarter. Yeah, and we, we're ahead of the curve with COVID and everything. So Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next two weeks, though, after pubs now being open again and, and all the rallies that were on yesterday and stuff, because I went and stuff. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Because it takes two weeks if more cases spike up now. But if I don't think if they do, I think we're through the worst of it for the time being. Yeah, I'd imagine there'll be... A slight rise, but I can't imagine it'll be crazy because they seem to do have done a pretty good job of tracing all the cases so that there shouldn't be a lot of people floating around with undiagnosed cases at the moment. Yeah, absolutely not. And hopefully if there was, those people were smart enough to be like, I feel a bit sick, I'm not going to go to these rallies. Yeah, exactly. The rally organisers were saying, if you're feeling unwell, stay at home. And then as I was saying, like, and 95% of the people there were wearing face masks. There was people around handing out hand sanitizer. Majority of people were staying away from each other, despite how many people there. So, yeah, it was everyone did very well. And I'm pretty sure when this first started, you did something like that. People weren't as aware of what to do about the to keep clear of COVID. So at least you might not see a big spike. Yeah, I still I still find that a bit ridiculous that the police weren't masked. <laughs> I can't believe it. I kept on walking past them, I just didn't think. And then I was just thinking, what? why are no police wearing face masks when they say that we have to, so... Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Are you excited for the uh, the EPO to come back? When is it? Is it next week? Yeah, no, I'm not. Not at all, to be honest. Don't, I don't want to say Liverpool win the title. 
The fans are the worst. That is true. They're going to be so insufferable. Yeah, they're, they're not going to shut up for a long time, are they? Absolutely not. I'm more excited for the NBA to come back in a couple of months. Yeah, I saw how they're going to do that. That's going to be an interesting debate topic. I think there'll be a lot of teams that are pretty annoyed by it. Yeah, I think some won't mind, but quite disappointed that Atlanta aren't playing more because Vince Carter's now retired. One of my favorite players of all time. Yeah, it's a pretty disappointing way for him to go out, I guess. Yeah, unless he made his final shot. And I don't know if you've ever seen this, but there's a great documentary on Netflix called The Carter Effect, and it's about him and how he helped basically make basketball a thing in Canada and just about his career there. Incredible watch. I'll probably rewatch it now that he's retired. I, yeah, one of the best sport documentaries I've seen. Funny that. Basketball sport documentary is amazing. I have to check it out. It'll be interesting to see if the, the NBA, the way they've done it, is going to sort of tarnish the winner because it's only the teams that are in contention playing when it comes back, isn't it? Yeah, so the East Coast have nine teams playing because only nine can make it. But the West Coast, I think they've got 13 teams playing because, yeah, up down to 13th would actually make it. So you had Dame Lillard, my favorite player, come out saying, if we can't make the playoffs, I don't want to play. There's no point. So they basically said that if you have a, I think if you're within two or three or four games of making the playoffs, they'll get you to play, and that's how it's done. Okay. So are the top? Do the top teams have to play? Like if you're if you're currently sitting first, do you have to play? Yeah, because they'll still have to play against other teams. As it's in it because I guess if you're first and seconds one game behind you, second will want to be like, hey, I want to try to finish first. Yeah, that's true. As much as if you're in the West, you might not want to play Memphis. But, yeah, so I think they'll still be at the seedings and stuff, but I don't know how they're going to do the fixtures with it all, but unless it's coming back. Because my, my concern was, like, if they were only going to have those teams that were on the bubble, it kind of gives those other, the, the top teams, an extra advantage to rest leading into the playoffs. But I guess yeah. they're just going to make everybody that's in the top sort of nine or ten play than it solves that issue yeah i guess also you've got to think that they have been resting for a couple of months so they might want to have the players to play so they can help get their match fitness back in time for the playoffs because as you've seen with rugby league and also when we're watching the german soccer the players aren't at their peak performance because they've had all this time off and they weren't sure when they're coming back so i think we'll start seeing improvements in sport in the next couple of weeks definitely so uh what would be your top recommendation for the week dark easy I think that's my top recommendation of the past year. So how about yourself? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a big glowing endorsement. Yes. Uh, so for me, I would say the Seinfeld special. Cool. Obviously, you know what you're going to get, but he delivers yeah, awesome. exactly what you expect. Doesn't disappoint at all. I hate it when you watch something that you, t- you think up or you talk up and it's not as good as you want it to be. And having with Jerry Seinfeld, obviously, you want it to be. So thank- thankful for that. You, did you have that sort of feeling with, I think I saw you tweet it, um, Ozark? Yeah, to, to be honest, I when I finished Ozark, I was just, like, the ending was, yeah, wow, but because everyone was talking up so much, I just, I was a bit let down by it because, yeah, and even I finished Stranger Things a couple of weeks ago, the latest season of that, and watched the end of that, I was like, oh, this is not as good as I thought, so, um, yeah, I, I, I guess reason i like dark so much is because only one person talked it up and i was just like wow and i didn't have too much time to think about it so yeah yeah that's true you've got to be careful of getting things 
pushed up too high. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I think that's that's pretty much it for the weekend. Thank you for listening to the commentary booth. If you enjoyed this show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, you can follow me on social media at Jamie Apps Media, and you can follow Jackson on Twitter at Deckhead. Yes, that's the one. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time and have a good rest of the week. You too, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. The Commentary Booth is a fan-funded production of Jamie Apps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our magazine, Jamzine, over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Media. The following people supported at the Jam publisher level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Caitlin Fitzgerald, Courtney Paulson, Tracy Apps. Mm-hmm.